Welcome to The Pulse. Hi, I'm Bob White. And I'm Paul Denman. So, Paul, what interests you today in the motion world? I hear a lot of engineers trying to figure out what voltage and current has to do with the motor's speed. Ah. Some guys think that higher voltage makes a faster motor. Some guys think higher current. We don't know if it's power-related or not, or how you get to pick a motor for that. In the case of, for instance, like shaft motors, you need higher voltage to go faster. In the case of rotary motors, brushless DC, brush DC motors, speed related to current, or is it related to voltage, or is it related to both? Well, sure. It's kind of related to both, but there's two key characteristics of a motor. One is called torque sensitivity, usually use the term K sub T, and that's typically in pound feet per amp RMS or newton meters per amp RMS. So that says how much current you need to produce one newton meter of torque. And then it's companion characteristic is back EMF, which is sometimes referred to as K sub B. And the back EMF is measured by volts per thousand RPM. So it tells you for every thousand RPM, how many volts does the motor require? Ah, so that formula is like a one-to-one. So double the voltage, double the RPM on the same motor? Yes, exactly. Quick example, motor has 10 volts per thousand RPM. If you're running the motor at 2000 RPM, then obviously 10 volts per thousand RPM, you have 2000 RPM, two times 10 is you'll need 20 volts. Now there's other resistive and other losses in the motor that would add into what the ultimate voltage at the motor terminals are. But in essence, that gives you a good idea of what the characteristic uh, performance will be. So if you have the same motor, same winding, and of course, mechanically, the motor's got to be able to do the RPM, I'm assuming. So to double the voltage will double the RPM or speed. And then what are other external factors that could affect that? speed is it would temperature affect it if the motor starts getting warmer yes actually temperature can affect it because the back emf and torque sensitivity are created through the magnetic circuit of the motor design itself and the number of turns in the coil that make up the windings and so as the motor heats up both k sub t torque sensitivity and K sub B are affected. And so at a hotter motor may not be able to reach the speed that a colder motor may have. Warming up the coils is going to obviously increase the resistance of it, right? So that could affect it. Yeah, it does. As a matter of fact, when you look at some specification sheets, there are notations typically with torque sensitivity and back EMF, and it says whether it's a hot or cold rating. One is affected by cold and one is affected by hot. Let's say you have two motors and you're trying to pick one and you're trying to figure out, let's say you have a 240 volt motor, but you only have access to 48 volts on a panel. Now, if the motor's rated at some speed, let's say 14 feet per second or something, if it's linear or 6,000 RPM of that sort, and you only have 48 volts, will you not be able to run the maximum RPM even though you have limitless current? No, because the voltage will limit how fast you can go. So if you have a motor that's rated for 240 volts and the maximum speed, which is typically indicated based on the voltage the motor's rated for, 
then if you operate at any voltage lower than that, you won't achieve that speed. I think one other topic or element here that we have to think about is if you get to a point where you're at above the rated speed, motors also have a mechanical maximum speed. And that's where the motor has mechanical limitations, either in the bearings or how the magnets are bonded to the rotor. There's a number of different elements that affect the mechanical maximum speed. So what do you change if you only have, let's say, 48 volts and you want to run at a faster speed? What would you change on the motor? You have to change the windings. You have to okay. do something to change the back EMF because, you know, if you wanted to go, let's say the motor can only go 1,000 RPM at 48 volts, but you want to go 2,000 RPM then you're going to have to basically change the winding of the motor so that you get 2,000 RPM for 48 volts. In essence, you would reduce your back EMF characteristic by saying now instead of 48 volts per 1,000 RPM, you need to change it to 24 volts per 1,000 RPM. Then with 48 volts, you'll be able to go 2,000 RPM. We could go through a couple of examples like that, but, but basically you have to change the torque sensitivity and the back EMF because they go together. You can't change one and not change the other. Let's work an example here. So let's say you have a motor that's rated at 2,000 RPM and it has a rated torque of five Newton meters. And the motor has windings that use 10 turns per coil. And the voltage rating of the motor is 170 volts DC, and the current rating is 10 amps. So those are your ratings of the motor. Now, if this motor was powered by 85 volts DC, so half the voltage, then it would only be able to get 1,000 RPM. Assuming that the current available at the lower voltage was the same as the high, so in other words, that it still could produce 10 amps, then you still could get your torque. You still get 5 Newton meters. So let's say, okay... I want to operate at the same power level with a lower voltage. Then what we could do is we could adjust the motor coil and go to five turns per coil, say. So instead of 10 turns, we've cut it in half to five turns. Would that be less force though? Yes. So what's going to happen here is you get to achieve the 2000 RPM at 85 volts. However, when you change the motor back EMF, you change the torque sensitivity as well. And okay. so now to achieve five Newton meters of torque at 2000 with 85 volts DC, now you need 20 amps. You double the amps. Basically, you cut the back EMF in half, which means you cut the torque sensitivity in half. So now it takes more current to get to the same torque. In this example, are you saying we've increased the velocity or the RPM? Yes. Motor? Yeah, because we, we increased the velocity. We doubled the velocity because we adjusted the volts required per 1,000 RPM. We cut it in half. The motor originally was 170 volts DC, and the speed was 2,000 RPM. Now... I want to run at 2,000 RPM at 85, so I have to cut the back EMF in half, which cuts the torque sensitivity in half, which says if I need the same torque, the 5 Newton meters, I need to do that with 20 amp. Theoretically, without other factors involved with temperature and back EMF, impedance, inductance, whatever, the motor, if you double the voltage, you double the speed of the motor. If you are trying to run at let's say a targeted speed that normally you can't double the voltage, you're running at half the voltage 
would you still design a motor that would run half that voltage, but it would end up running double the current? Then you'd achieve your higher speed at lower voltage. Yeah, that's certainly possible. It depends, of course, on the the overall motor design, the characteristics of the magnets. And if you could make that type of change, you could go in that direction. So you could reduce the voltage to get to the speed you wanted, and that would give you what you needed. So essentially, you come up with sort of a low voltage special winding on the motor to enable the features of the higher voltage motor. The penalty is the current. You're going to have to give it more current. Now, as far as heat, temperature, power to the motor, I'm assuming if you're running half the voltage but double the current, you still have the same amount of heat dissipation and power going to the motor, right? Yeah, it's the same basic power. So you're producing the same amount of power, which is speed times torque divided by a constant. If your speed's the same and your torque's the same, then you're you're at the same power. You're just achieving it with different current voltage ratings. So double the current, half the voltage. Yeah, you see this trend now that 10 years ago, there was a big deal. You bought this battery drill, possibly brushed, now brushless, and they were like 8 volts. And then the big deal is they came out with a 12-volt version, and then they came out with an 18-volt. Now everyone is coming out with a 40-volt battery pack. It seems like the batteries are getting a little bigger, I'm assuming, because the current is there. But what are they getting out of that when they're going to higher voltage? The RPMs sort of seem the same, but is it the stored energy? It's the stored energy and the ability to produce more current. So by having a larger battery itself is able to produce higher power due to higher currents. It has to be that because if the motor speed is the same and you're capable of getting more power, then the current has to be increasing. You have to be driving more current into the motor. The other side of that is the larger battery, the higher voltage just may be the fact that it gives you longer operating time too. Yes. The motor could be basically the same. The voltage and current are similar. Just the fact that the motor has more capacity to store energy and operate for longer periods of time. There's a couple of different factors there, but I think to some degree it is more power. Battery technology continues to improve. You can get higher voltage and current. And that means you can get more power. So power is generated by speed and torque. So if you have a certain amount of torque, which is related to current, as we've been talking, and you can get more speed, typically you can get more power. And so the horsepower is higher. That means you can put more energy into the work that's being done. And usually that helps. If you double the current, it's still a wattage thing, right? It's not going to run twice as hot because you're half the voltage. Yeah. So think of it this way. Lower voltage typically means less number of turns in the coil. And usually that means that the wires themselves can be larger. Higher gauge. Okay. Higher gauge wire. which means their resistance is lower, Mm -hmm. less number of turns. So your resistance in a low voltage system usually will be lower. So you don't have as much heat loss from the I squared R losses. How about size? You got to get to a lower voltage motor with the same power rating. Would it be bigger, smaller, the same size? Well, if you're trying to get more power, you're likely would need to do something to increase the mass of the motor to be able to dissipate the heat. But if you're just trading off volts for amps or amps for volts, in the end, it should be very similar. We've been talking about going to low voltage. 
if you reverse that thing and go to high voltage, 240 volts, or let's go to 480 volt motors. In the servo world, there's a lot of amplifiers out there that would rather see 480 volts. There's an interesting benefit there because if you have a motor that's running 6,000 RPM on a 240 volt AC servo drive and you go to 480 volts, but you leave the speed the same. So in other words, you don't change the windings to double the speed, but you leave the speed the same. Basically what you've done is now your current is now cut in half because you made the adjustment to keep the speed the same with the higher voltage. And by doing that, you cut the current in half. And so now the advantage of that in large machine applications is you can go with smaller cables because you're not carrying as much current. That can be an advantage of a higher voltage system, lower current. Might be more efficient to go higher voltage if you're looking at designing and building and you have the capability of the high voltage, you're better off. Yeah, because you can get by with lower current and it depends on what you do with magnetic circuits and such. The trick is your higher voltage, you're really talking about high voltage buses. Your insulation system has to be beefed up a bit. You have to accommodate that to minimize any leakage voltage or current due to the higher voltage. But usually that's not really an issue. Yeah, I think also you see a lot of motor drives that if you have a 110 volt, 120 volt motor drive, typically the drive would be able to, you plug it into an AC source, let's say, that drive most commonly could also drive 100 and some volts or 140 or whatever it would be, DC RMS to the motor itself. Yeah, because your AC voltage on a brushless DC solution, there's a lot of transferring back and forth, AC, DC, whatever, but your drive takes AC input and then it rectifies it into a DC bus. So it takes 120 volts in, that generates 170 volt DC bus. And that's what you then PWM and put a three phase current into the motor windings. And so you can operate a motor at lower voltages, even on these higher voltage drives. That's something that people sometimes don't understand is, oh, I have a 120 volt drive, but this motor is only rated for 48 volts. Right. I can't operate it, can I? Well, most likely you can. And usually what happens with most drive manufacturers that are designed to operate at 120 or 240 volts, they have safety features in them that trip off the drive if you get below a voltage threshold that you wouldn't want to get below if you're operating 120 volt or 240 volt motor. But if you have a 48 volt motor, you don't care if it goes down that low, you can operate off of a lower voltage. So it's one of those things where the terminal voltage rating of a motor is probably going to be well above what it's operating at. So here's what I'm leading to. In the real world, you have access to power out of the wall. And if you talked about an electronic instrument or manufacturing platform and semiconductor or whatever, it may be 220 volts, not 483 phase. But you have 220 volts access to that. And now the question is, you could use a motor that would utilize the drive that directly plugs in that, utilizes most of the power without having to have an extra low voltage power supply, which a lot of companies, if they want to run 48 volts or you have a drive that's 48 volts, you design the motor with the current RPMs and power for that, right. you got to go add and go buy a low voltage power supply to run it. 
if you don't have access to it. Getting a motor that can utilize close to the line voltage or power of the system itself and where it's installed in. Yeah, typically that's exactly true. The only reason why you want to go to a motor that's specifically designed for low voltage is you have to operate off of the low voltage. Like on a medical diagnostic instrument, medical diagnostic instruments. I was thinking more of like the robots that are used in a warehousing and such that are running off of a 48 volt DC battery yeah. source. Yeah. So any type of battery or mobile applications, you'd want a motor designed specifically to operate at those levels. You would right. design to optimize on those voltages. And what I see out in, for instance, medical versus even the hospital environment, pumps, ICU equipment, instrumentation, then you move to food packaging. Everything around the floor in food packaging is running on 483 phase. Right. In a lot of cases, the larger AC motors are more efficient at that on the 50 to 100 horsepower motors. That's probably why they're doing it. And, you know, the question is all the other motors technology around that, it's most ideal to try to run on that same voltage. Yeah, that's true. You want to try to run them on that. And that's where, when you're talking about 120 volts or so, 240 volts, the requirements for those are pretty common. And so the insulation systems of most motors are probably in those ranges, even if you're operating at a lower voltage. But once you get above 240 volts and you go up to the 400, 480 volts, then you have to look at the insulation system. So like you said, if you've got other motors operating in the same environment that have a 480 volt drive system, available and they want to run the rest of the product, other motors in that machine off of that, they have to be at a higher voltage rating to accommodate that, or they're going to need to just step down the voltage and bring it in line with what the other motors require. So I know we got a few minutes left, Bob, but I have one more question. And that is in the case of having to move a profile, you want to go from dead stop to maximum velocity in X amount of time right. with some acceleration, whatever that would be, a low voltage or high voltage. The maximum velocity you're trying to reach is within the bounds of the standard high voltage or low voltage motor. You're not going to exceed the speed, but does the higher voltage give you more push to get there faster on the profile or is it strictly a current function? It's a current function but it's also an inductance function. So that's where you would look at the windings as a higher voltage winding have less inductance or more inductance and lower voltage winding have less or more. And so that could be one area where you get an advantage. It makes sense to design the motor for the velocity for the available voltage if you can do it. Yeah, exactly. You want to optimize your motor winding magnetic design and everything based on the available voltage. So a general purpose motor that's used in a variety of different applications, 120, 240 may be perfectly fine. But then when you start getting into the applications that have to operate off of a battery source, they need to be a lot more efficient. So you have to pay a lot more attention to the motor design, including the windings. Obviously, you're going to have to design the motor to give you the amount of velocity you need with the available voltage. But there are other things from a magnetic circuit point of view that you could make it as efficient as possible. And so it's producing the right amount of torque with the least amount of current with the low inductance. You don't want too low because you want to be able to have good solid control of the current. In essence, you want to optimize the design to the voltage 
you're running. You know, it's one of those things. If you want to get every ounce of performance out of a motor in any application, then every design aspect of that motor needs to be looked at to make sure that you're optimized to get every ounce of performance out of that. Sounds good. Well, this has been a good discussion. Yeah, a lot of items covered today. And our audience out there, any questions, you just click on the website and give us a call, contact us, and we can go into more details. Thanks for joining us. Have a great one. Keep automating.